You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Five Things to Watch here on KC Sports Network, getting you ready for a wild card matchup. Chiefs, Dolphins, Arrowhead, negative 30 degree wind chill. Matthew Lane, are you excited? I mean, yeah, because I'm not the one that has to play out there in that weather. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be in a nice, cozy room, watching on a TV. I got to have technology. I'm going to have heaters, blankets, access to dry clothing. I'm going to feel great. Uh, Greg, you? I also will be dry, warm, but unfortunately not at the spot that I wish I was, which is the holiday party, watch party that is happening out at Holiday Distillery for this one. He can't wearing his holiday sweater. It is a great time. If you've never been out there, get out there. You don't have tickets to the game, go get it out there. It's a great time. It's going to be loud. Drinks are going to be flowing. Kent will be there. You can go give him a hug for me. Please do just do it unprompted. He loves it. Please, when, when please do, do it because Kent's like crying about how cold it is out there, trying to get extra heaters and stuff brought in. Like, I need everyone to walk up to him and give him a hug to help warm him up. Um, it will so be that way he quits complaining about it. It will be definitively warm there. It's going to be a great time. So make sure you come and hang out. It's a beautiful venue. They have this this incredible venue, uh, really rustic, cool view, just a really awesome, like modern rustic vibe. TV's everywhere. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mission Taco is going to be there. If you've ever had Mission Taco, it's awesome. So uh, yeah, come come hang out with us. All right, we're going to do two things to watch this week. Uh, normally, you know, we get into one. We got two. We're doing one on both sides of the ball. And in this negative 30 wind chill, negative 10 degree weather, she's better run the ball, Matthew. They at least got to try, right? Like, I, I don't know how successful it would be. The Dolphins have a good run defense, but I think we've seen this Chiefs offense when it seems to get really kind of going a little bit. They do rely on Isaiah Pacheco a little bit more. They get the downhill running game going. So like, yeah, I especially in this weather, especially the way it's looking and given how beat up this Dolphins team is, you want to let Pacheco get them angry emu feet going, going downhill, running into guys, making them feel every single hit. It's already a thin team. They have veteran players that haven't been playing a ton this year. You want to make them come up and hit that man over and over again loosen up that defense so that you can try to hit some passes up over the top and yeah you might not have a ton of success running the ball slamming the ball in, the, in between the tackles because that's where the Dolphins defense is still at its best against the run but you still got to try you got to this is one of the few times where I do think body blows matter when you want to keep them honest you do want to try the edges as well to find some of your big plays but you want to make that team defend the run with their current amount of injuries that they have on the field yeah, absolutely the case. And then we talked a little bit on the lab how you want to run stretch runs a little bit more, target the outside a little bit more, partially because a lot of these safeties, they're good. Don't get me wrong. Javon Holland's a good football player. I like Deshaun Elliott. Brandon Jones likes to get downhill. But their corners don't always love to tackle. Like, if anybody watched that Week 17 game against Buffalo, Josh Allen converted a couple of plays just because secondary members of the Miami Dolphins didn't really feel like hitting the guy his size. Now, Isaiah Pacheco's not the same sort of bulldozer that that is, but he runs angrier, and he hits harder and lowers his shoulder into things a lot harder. He's not afraid of playing in the cold. He grew up in New Jersey. He went to school in New Jersey. This is not foreign to him. 
to have to play in snow, have to play in cold weather. He is familiar with it, so he's going to willingly accept the ball and willingly try and run through the face of every single individual in his way. I fully expect that Isaiah Pacheco is going to get plenty of run in this game, especially if the Chiefs get up. They don't want to try and hit this man, and he is such a punishing runner. Now, all of a sudden, you got negative 30 wind chill. That is just terrifying for any defender that has to come up and try and tackle that man. I mean, weather could be a factor trying to stop the run. Like, teams do not want to do that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how both teams approach that, try to play with some level of physicality, running the football a little bit, and try to get after each other a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about, and I think in recent years, we've liked how this team runs their gap stuff more than we like how they run their wide zone stuff. And it feels like the tendency breaks during the playoffs and they start running more gap. You know, they start playing that a little bit more, getting a little bit more downhill with the run game. But also to your point, like that's what's going to be so interesting is you're right. Moving that front uh, laterally is probably going to be a better bet than trying to, you know, trying to move them up the field. So, I mean, do you, how much gap stuff do you think they can even get into and find success? And like, do you think it's just a super heavy wide zone day, Matthew? I, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. I do think that you come into this game and you definitely have your outside zone stuff in, in the bag. You're gonna be in you're gonna be in shotgun the majority of the time, but you're gonna you're gonna run your outside zone stuff. You're gonna see if you know uh, Duke Riley stepping in uh, for Joe Baker can get out there. He can flow with the play. You're gonna see if the Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, Emmanuel Ogwin. You're gonna see if they're gonna set the edge and be able to handle that pressure off the edge as well as as Jalen Phillips or Bradley Chubb were going to. So. You've got to test them in those areas before you fall back in the gap stuff. I think the Chiefs, especially if they go heavy, might have some success. The Dolphins have struggled against some heavier personnel packages, tried to defend some outside runs. You can mix in jet sweeps with it too. Just challenge those guys that aren't used to playing as much to read everything out, to flow with the play, to try to block it. And if it's not working, right? If it's not working, don't be afraid to lean back into the gap stuff to mix in the Chiefs like their single back power and their counter and stuff you got to always be ready to go back to it. But this is one of the few times where I might sit here and say, based on what the Dolphins have done, I kind of like stretching them out horizontally and to find those vertical rush lanes rather than trying to run straight at them. And you know, guys like Trey Smith, Donovan Smith, those are guys that want to get physical in the cold and want to punish guys and put them in the turf. Donovan Smith is back healthy. I'm sure he is chomping at the bit to get out there and try and lean on guys especially guys that are coming in not just having not played in the cold but not having played very much football this year that's not something that is a good matchup for a guy that's coming out of here as healthy as he's maybe been all year long in cold weather a run heavy script at times this game this could be a Donovan Smith opportunity to try and impose his will Trey Smith pulling around the edge on some gap scheme stuff there are opportunities for this Chiefs team to lean on some of the elements that they don't always do with it, you know, gap scheme runs, Isaiah Pacheco, and kind of try and take the life out of this Miami Dolphins team that wants to go fast, wants to get the ball back to this offense, wants to create explosive plays and turnovers and things like that on defense. Try and lean on them a little bit more and grind this game out against them after you get up. That's not a game that they want any part of being. 
think so. This could be a game you see the Chiefs try to hit that hitch flat RPO they like to, right? You kind of you get into a little heavier personnel. You try to throw a tight end out into the flat, either force one of those corners to try to tackle, put some of those backers or some of those edge rushers potentially in conflict depending on what they're running. That could actually be a, a way to stretch a little bit more horizontally too is just maybe get you know a little ball to Travis Kelsey in the flat on a little little, little hitch flat RPO kind of look too. Because, um, you know, we've seen them not not as much this year, but we've seen them in other years kind of hit that similar situation. So that's thing number one to watch. That's on the offensive side of the ball. We got to move to the other side, though. The the, t- the side of the ball that's really just been a bastion of consistency for this team. And part of the reason why is because of an incredible secondary, one of the best secondaries in the National Football League, especially those cornerbacks. Craig, this is going to be a big opportunity for them to continue to cement themselves and continue to be one of the best defenses in football. Absolutely the case. And they have seen this offense before, and they did a terrific job limiting Tua and limiting Tyreek Hill, limiting Jalen Waddell from really doing a ton of damage against them. So this isn't something that the Chiefs are foreign. It's not like they haven't played a ton of really good offenses this year. They have, and they've stopped every single one of them on the defensive side of the ball. I expect that to continue. I know Brian Cook played in that first game. He's not going to be available for this one, but Jamari Connors done a really admirable job filling in. Mike Edwards is back there as well. We've really seen Trent McDuffie come into his own, and Lajarius Sneed, who should be an all-first-team all-pro, is a guy that's going to be out there and following around a Tyreek Hill and helping out to try and limit one of the best offensive players in the NFL. I just foresee this secondary having a terrific game again. We just got done talking about how guys don't want to get hit in this sort of weather. Guys don't want to run through an Isaiah Pacheco tackle. This Miami Dolphins offense is fast. They really are. They're not the biggest group. And so you've got guys like Legereus Need, like Justin Reed, like Jamari Connor, like Trent McDuffie that want to come up and hit him in the face. That's not good either. It, this cold matters for those sorts of things. And this secondary is perfectly capable of coming up and making them feel every single degree underneath <laughs> zero that is going to happen on the field this Sunday. Yeah, and I think it starts when, when you're looking at the secondary is just like how well these guys communicate, how well everyone's on the same page, and it allows Steve Spagnuolo and them to kind of to change their coverages on the fly, to handle all the different pictures and challenges that any team presents, especially a team like Miami that is going to throw a lot at you. All the motions, the changing of the strengths of the formations, guys are getting into routes on the move, and the Chiefs are just... And the secondary, they're such a well-oiled machine right now that they know when they got to shift. They know who's got to drop. They know who's got to rotate up, down, slide it out. They can play man. They can play zone. You can blitz. You can play coverage. They can just do it all. And everyone's always on the same page. And then when a t- push comes to shove, Justin Reeds knows when to come down and deliver a big hit to set the tone. Legereus Need knows when it's going to be an acceptable drive to pick up a penalty for just whooping someone's ass at the line of scrimmage in the penalty. Trent McDuffie knows when to jump a screen, force a fumble that, I don't know, maybe gets returned for a touchdown. Like They just kind of all have a good feel for how to play off of each other when the defense can handle them doing this or that. And so a team like the Dolphins, who like to prey on secondaries that don't communicate or aren't on the same page and don't know their rules, 
this is a tough matchup the way this secondary has been playing under Steve Spagnuolo this year and how they are able to constantly handle all those changes and then throw it right back at you. They take what you're changing on them. They not only adjust, but they throw something completely different back at you. And now as an offense, you're forcing them to adjust to what you're doing instead. And I'm sure Spags will have some stuff to try to mix some things up and change the picture. Like I think you guys kind of talked about it a little bit on the lab, just some post-snap picture change too. That can really throw like that throws two off more than other quarterbacks, especially when you've got some of that fast motion and he's having to think and process on the fly. Um, I think that you might have seen some teams do that a little bit more in recent memory as well. So that's going to be a big challenge uh, for Tua, and I think Spags will definitely not just run it back with what they did last year, last time. I think he'll have a few things in his bag, especially for some of the things that the Dolphins like to do with the fast motion. Speaking of mixing things up. We are going to go to a break, and we will be right back with three more things to look forward to with this Chiefs wildcard matchup against the Miami Dolphins. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with more of this week's five things. We are going to focus on the Dolphins' offensive side of the ball and one of the premium matchups that we didn't get to see the last time that these two teams played. Here's BJ Kissel to give us a little bit more on the matchup. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, my guy to watch or my thing to watch in this game isn't on the Chiefs' offensive side. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. And on the defensive side, it's not even about containing Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle expect those guys to, to make their plays. But uh, the X factor for me in this game is the Dolphins rookie running back, 
uh, Devon Achan. Uh, it's a third round pick out of Texas A&M. He's a rookie at 130 touches, 997 yards this season. He did not play in the matchup back in week nine against the Chiefs. Uh, he was out with an injury. He's been banged up. Only played in 11 games uh, this year, his rookie year, but finished with 11 touchdowns and a 7.8 yards per attempt. I've got more numbers from pro football focus to kind of back up what Achan has been for the Dolphins offense this season. Uh, in terms of running backs across the entire NFL with at least 100 carries in 2023, Devon Achan has the highest rushing grade from pro football focus for any running back at 92.4. He has the highest yards after contact per attempt average in the NFL at 5.12 yards after contact per attempt. Second best in the NFL is James Conner at 3.91. So more than 1.2 basically full or 1.1 full yards more after contact than the second best guy. For more context, potential MVP candidate Christian McCaffrey with the San Francisco 49ers averaged 3.42 yards after contact per attempt. And again, Achan at 5.12. Achan also the best breakaway percentage in the NFL at 54%. He stands at just five foot nine, 188 pounds. He is a speed guy out of the backfield that you're going to have to worry about. That's the matchup I'm most concerned about. Best elusive rating per pro football focus in the NFL this year. That is a signature PFF stat that measures the success of running backs carrying the ball independent of the blocking in front of them. Now, on the flip side, why is that something for me to watch? Because I'm looking at the Chiefs' individual grades and their linebackers in coverage uh, and how those guys have done in coverage this season. It's not their strength. Now, they haven't given up a ton of yards to a bunch of running backs all year, but when you look at the individual grades for even Drew Tranquil, who I think most Chiefs fans would agree is probably the best coverage linebacker without looking at the numbers, and he is. Drew Tranquil ranks as the Chiefs' best linebacker in coverage in PFF's grades but he comes in at number 30 and that's for linebackers that played at least 20% of snaps this season. Uh, Drew Tranquil, best chiefs linebacker in coverage per these grades at number 30. Nick Bolden comes in at number 51. And then Willie Gay is actually third to last in individual coverage grade uh, at number 82. Just a few weeks ago, it was a game against the Buffalo Bills. Willie Gay struggled in coverage against James Cook. That to me, when you add in the weather, you add in the variables, the different conditions, that's the thing for me that I think could could be a difference maker in this game. I expect Tyreek Hill to make some plays. I expect the Chiefs to have a plan for him and for Jalen Waddell. Uh, they've got Trent McDuffie. You've got Legereus Need that have shut down some of these big name uh, receivers so far this year. But Achan out of the backfield, not saying he's going to have 200 yards, but that key third and three where they throw a swing pass out of the background, uh, out of the backfield, if Willie Gay, Nick Bolden, a little late getting over there and a little short pass to the flat, all of a sudden they turn it upfield for 30, 40 yards in a key moment. Though That's the X factor that I'm looking for in this game is a strength for the Miami Dolphins, a guy that we didn't see the last time these two teams played, going up and facing a matchup that hasn't that isn't in the Chiefs' favor as far as those linebackers in coverage uh, against the Dolphins. And again, you add in the conditions, maybe not throwing the ball deep down the field, um, all the stuff with the wind, the temperature, the wind chill, all those things, short passes, simple passes to a running back that turns into chunk plays could be a difference in this game. So having a plan for uh, Devon Achan will be a key for the Chiefs and how the linebackers for the Chiefs do in coverage against them using safeties, whatever plan they put together, it's not going to be the same throughout the game. They're going to mix it up. 
but Achan's the guy that I think could be the difference maker in this game, where if the Dolphins do end up winning this game, I think it's because Achan went off. So for the Chiefs, contain Tyree, contain Waddle, but you got to have an eye on 28 for the Dolphins out of the backfield because he can make you pay. He's got chunk plays all season. We've seen it again with nearly 1,000 yards from scrimmage, averaging almost eight yards every time he touches the football. He's somebody they got to be got to account for, Craig. Got to have a plan for that, dude. All right, back to you, buddy. Yeah, that's a really big one, BJ. Devon A-Chain versus Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton. Drew Tranquil, Leo Chanel. It doesn't really matter who it is. That second level is going to be very crucial in stopping one of the key cogs of this Miami Dolphins offense. They have so many explosive players. That is an absolutely major, major piece of their offense and one of the reasons that they've been able to be so explosive. Keep the ball running. If this second level plays well against him, I really like the Chiefs' defensive's chances of keeping it not just down to the point where the Chiefs can get a win, maybe even under double digits. That's that's one that's a really key component of the game. Speaking of a key component of the game, we got the outside the trenches, guys. They talk about the trenches every single week in a cold-weather football game. That's where the focus is going to be, you know, running the football, making sure that the quarterbacks are protected, we're going to throw to those guys and have them talk a little bit about the trench warfare in this week's playoff game. The fellas from outside the trenches here taking you with our five things. Look, it's the wild card round, and if you don't know by now that we're talking about the trenches, I don't know what to do. I really don't. We're talking about the trenches here. Big B, Brian Haley, Nick Leckie hanging out with me. Let's first start when the Chiefs have the ball. A little bit of movement on the offensive line side of things when you talk about the injury report. Could have a, a new tackle in, a left tackle, Big B, when it looks like that they're going to get their uh, starter, Donovan Smith, back uh, for this game. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, hopefully the neck slash arm or the stinger, hopefully it's injured because, you know, out there trying to play, I mean, you're going to jar that thing, and hopefully he is healed. He's been out for a little bit. Uh, Juan Morris went out with a concussion, so I don't imagine that he's going to be cleared to play this week. So uh, hopefully Donovan Smith, I mean, nobody's healthy at this time of the year anyway, so hopefully he's as healthy as he can be and can hold up for the Chiefs because not having Juan Morris as backup, that's that's an issue. So, um, But Donovan Smith, if he's, he's out there, he helps. Yeah, and, and I think, too, you're going you're gonna to have to rely on the interior strength of, of is what you have for this offense line all of season anyways. And and I think if you can focus on that, and I think if – and it sounds obvious, and you're going to say it sounds stupid, but Mahomes to trust that, step up in the pocket, and have that ability to scramble, he's going to do well. And yeah. this defense will get after you, as we'll talk in a sec, but if Mahomes can scramble a couple times and turn it on, they'll be good. But, I mean, that's going to be tough to do. It's gonna be really tough to do. So there's gonna be some some good matchups, um, you know, for, for for them, especially if the Chiefs have the ball, right? You, you know, I'm I'm looking at Christian Wilkins versus Trey Smith. Oh yeah, and 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 I think that's the one where you know whether Van Ginkle, you know, I know he's out, but you got Wilkins in there in the middle, man. That that's that you can you can play off that. You know, I I feel yeah. comfortable going to this game. You miss you you know you miss missing your starting linebacker, but you got Wilkins up in the middle. Uh, I, I think that that's going to create havoc. Cool. They got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys missing on that defensive front. Nick, as you mentioned, uh, doesn't look like they they won't have Van Ginkle. They placed him on the IR. Bradley Chubb is on the IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be dealing with uh, with some backups. 
They just signed Justin Houston this week. I don't know if he <laughs> plays in this game necessarily. Uh, they got Emmanuel Ogba. They got Melvin Ingram. They got the whole 2015 Chiefs defensive line, it seems like. <laughs> uh, so maybe they're hoping that that kind of changes their fates a little bit too. I don't know. Uh, but Jalen Phillips as well went down with an injury towards Achilles, having a great year. They've had some guys having great years. Uh, you know, the first time that they played each other, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb had really good games. Yeah, they, they did. went up against Donovan Smith, Joe Tooney on that inside on that left side of the line of scrimmage. Kind of made Joe Tooney as like the first time, and Joe Tooney in a long time had made some mistakes. Uh, was against guys like that. The Dolphins won't have those guys, so it's going to be really interesting to see uh, who steps up for them. In these situations, you're going to have uh, Raquan Davis, Zach Sealer, I guess is how you say his name. You got guys, you don't know how to say this. He can play on this yeah. team. But- he, he can play. Sealer uh, can play. He, he's he's really good up in the middle there, too. Yep. And he's put up a lot of, he put up a lot. Of, he's got 10 sacks on the season. He's been really good this season. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as, as I mentioned, as we started off, it looks like that. Uh, Donovan Smith is going to be healthy enough to be playing in this game as Wanya Morris is in the concussion protocol. He will not be playing in this game. All right, let's flip it to the other side. When the Dolphins have the football, it looks like all things considered, for the offensive line for the Dolphins, they're going to be as healthy as they're going to be this time of year. We talked about this on the Outside the Trenches podcast. Front Armstead is listed on the injury report with a knee, ankle, slash back. So, like, (laughs) everywhere. And uh, this is just a very wild card uh, listing injury report. Uh, but what do you think about the uh, Dolphins' offensive line, Big B, coming to this one? Well, here's the thing about the Dolphins. I mean, if you take a look at their offensive line all year, or their running game in general, yeah. you know, they they run for a good amount of yards. Their running game looks good, but it's kind of smoke and mirrors because they're not really that good of an offensive line. It's all the pre-snap motion stuff that fools guys and gets guys out of position. You know, that's kind of what they do to be able to run the football. But when you're just talking man on man, the Chiefs have a considerable advantage. They do as far as front seven rushing game, passing game. You know, Armstead is really good, but he's banged up. He's really banged up. So I think the Chiefs have a considerable advantage uh, as far as front seven, rushing the ball, getting after the passer. It's going to be tough. Now, again, a lot of pre-snap motion stuff, as you know, both of you guys know, that can trick people. It can make you think twice. And NFL, that's all you need to do is hesitate for a second, and there's a hole there. So we'll see how all that works. But I just think the Chiefs have a big advantage. They do. And I think Miami's been struggling all year because, uh, you know, late in the season, they've lost a bunch of guys. They've had yes. to rotate. They almost look like the the Chiefs Super Bowl versus Tampa Bay where, mm. you know, they had one original starter playing at one point. You know, they got four guys out from what they started. So, you know, they get back Robert Hunt, believe the right guard for this game. And it, it's, you know, he'll, he'll have some stability. But at the same time, you know, you're going to need more than that because this, this defense is clicking at the right time. And they've been the backbone of this Chiefs dynasty, low key. Mahomes gets all the credit, but it's this defense that's really been been holding the fort down for everybody. So, uh, Chris Jones getting that sack on the sidelines. You saw how happy his teammates were for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're motivated, they're playing well, they're going to have new rollies. So they can tell the time, so they can show up to the game early, uh, get there, and they work in the in the underwater and they work in the snow. This can be a cold one, <laughs> and you know that, that's going to play well to Arrowhead. You know, so so buy. I hope everyone bought tickets. Uh, I hope they're going and be loud. Second best scoring defense in the National Football League, the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs were. Uh, look, had a great year. This off the defensive line too had a great year as well. Chris Jones was voted an All Pro by the players. Uh, 
so that's a great uh, achievement on, on his end. Still a dominant tackle, had 10 sacks, 10 and a half sacks this year. Uh, well, what I think is really impressive too, Charles Aminikew comes in, he plays, he was suspended for the first six games of the season, and then he has career highs in every category, uh, in sacks and tackles, tackles for loss. He's been really well. Like he's he's played very well for this team. I think he's a great compliment to Chris Jones. Glad we've gotten to see them uh, rush the passer together. I think they've got some really good complementary skills. Both those guys rush inside and out. Uh, been very excited to see there. And George Kloss is too. High motor guy, cleans up a lot of the messes that Chris Jones and and, uh, and I mean, you can't quite handle. George Kloss is usually there because he's got that high motor. Uh, but it's going to be a really good matchup. We'll be interested to see uh, what goes down on Saturday. Should be a cold one. Should be a fresh set of powder out there, too, for those guys. Looks like there's a little bit of a chance of snow coming out on Saturday morning, maybe late Friday night. Uh, for those guys down there in Arrowhead, too. So we're going to go ahead and send it back to you guys for more five things. Make sure to catch Outside the Trenches Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. We're going live every single Wednesday. Back to you guys. That's a great set of points by those guys. Really bringing it home. I mean, it, it really is going to be such a key piece of this. Chiefs offensive tackles have to play well. The interior has to play well against Christian Wilkins. And then on the opposite side of the ball, Chris Jones could absolutely wreck this game for the Miami Dolphins. Love the focus that those guys bring to the trenches each and every week. We've got one more thing to bring home here, and we're going to throw to the only weird games, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about the linebackers and what their focus can be against the Miami Dolphins. Only weird games with you here, two-thirds of us at least, Joshua Briscoe and Nate Taylor. Nate, we covered a ton of ground in Only Weird Games this week. Uh, it may be our most honest-to-God preview episode we've ever done. <laughs> we got Seth out of there. Uh, but one thing we didn't really talk about in the game, and go check out the entirety of Only Weird Games, please. If you're listening to this and not listening mm-hmm. to Weird Games, then what are you doing? But one thing we did not talk about in the, uh, the Chiefs' defense is the specific... Uh, situation the linebacking group is in both this current Chiefs team and the version of the Chiefs that played the Dolphins in Germany. Uh, what what lessons can we learn about how the linebackers held up the first time against the Finns? And uh, who who is it that needs to get a, a little more of a look than maybe they've been getting as of late? Yeah, whenever you have the rematch in the postseason, it's always cool to go back to that first game box score and try to decipher what can stay the same or what's different. Obviously, injuries are involved in the sport. And, you know, at the time, the most notable injury the Chiefs had uh, before they went to Germany was Nick Bolton, um, who was dealing, obviously, um, with a hamstring injury at the time. This was even before the wrist injury occurred. And um, gotta say, Josh, you know, for a team that, like, ran over, say, the Denver Broncos, for a team that put up a 1,000 points, on several teams before obviously going to international soil, the Chiefs did a pretty good job on the Dolphins running game. And a big reason for that was Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil. And interestingly enough, now we get this second rematch where, um, you know, we don't know if Raheem Mostert's going to play, but you know that much of the Dolphins' attack is about running and then obviously playing off that for deep shots downfield. Drew Tranquil had the second most tackles in that first matchup, eight tackles, um, did not get beat that often on misdirection type of plays, whether it was screens or running plays. Um, and, of course, Willie Gay, I thought, had a very good game. He also had a forced fumble and four tackles. 
Um, so when he was on the field, he was productive as well. And the the Dolphins only had really one splashy run, and that was a 25-yard game by Raheem Mostert. But again, he's not as healthy as he was then. He's dealing with injuries now. Um, obviously, Achan, the, the talented rookie running back, wasn't available. But is there a case to be made that Drew Tranquil needs to play as much, if not more, than Nick Bolton? Perhaps. I think there is clearly some good things that Nick Bolton does, which is when he touches you, you usually go down. But in terms of combating the speed that the Dolphins like to have, particularly going sideline to sideline before turning upfield, Drew Tranquil seems to be the best middle linebacker or additional linebacker that you could have to sort of disrupt that for the Dolphins. I, I think that's dead on, Nate, because when when in, here's the theory, here, here's the theory kind of coming into all of this, right? Is that Nick Bolton's value, even though he's not the most athletic linebacker on the team, mm-hmm. his value is in part intangible. And I still believe that that's yes. a real argument to be made there, sure. especially in terms of the communication, the processing, making sure everyone's where they're supposed to be and keeping that all very, very fluid. The, the, the interesting thing is that Drew Tranquil, uh, a more athletic linebacker, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, which we're breaking some stereotypes on that one. Good for us, America. <laughs> How dare but, he be better in coverage than Nick Bolton? How dare you, you get a more athletic, better in coverage linebacker like mm-hmm. Drew Tranquil out there in that, yeah. that spot. What we saw from him in Nick Bolton's absence, and this is more about Drew Tranquil than it is about Nick Bolton, because it's positive for Tranquil and Bolton's still good at his job, but yes. Drew Tranquil being out there in that Mike linebacker spot as the green dot in this defense provided no tangible drop-off. I wondered about that going in, especially with that injury to Bolton happening pretty early on in Drew Tranquil's Chiefs tenure, right? It's not like this was year three for him or whatever. There was no drop-off there. They they were not out of sorts. We have seen this defense look out of sorts, out of position. It was just not this year at any point. We've seen what that looks like. And that did not happen when Tranquil took over the signal calling duties there and, and he was the, the brain of the defense or whatever. I would love to see. And look, I Willie Gay is a, a little bit of a, a risk-reward game at times. I understand this. But when you're talking about a Dolphins team with with potentially with Mostert and certainly with A-Chan and certainly with everything that Tyreek Hill brings, when they're trying to target the middle of the field and give two of those quick timing middle-of-the-field type of throws, you also want someone who can disrupt there. I am happy to make that trade of where Drew Tranquil is a positive versus where he might be negative to Nick Bolton's positives. I I want the Tranquil side of that trade in general, I think, but especially in this game. Yeah, and of course, with Nick Bolton coming back, that sort of reduces potentially Leo Chanel's role where he had to play a decent amount of snaps in the first matchup, right? He's probably their least athletic of their core, you know, four linebackers. So even if you get into some traditional formations from the Dolphins, you can still have Nick Bolton and Andrew Tranquil on the field at the same time alongside Willie Gay, of course. But the most fascinating thing is what happens when the Chiefs go to die. Is that one linebacker Drew Tranquil or is that one linebacker Nick Bolton? And I ultimately, there's going to be moments in the game where I think the Dolphins are going to try to spread the Chiefs out. And so if you want to attack the middle with your quarterback who's excellent at doing that, in the past, that was Nick Bolton. But who does Steve Spagnolo rely on most? We are sort of advising Spagnolo to go in the Drew Tranquil favor. Um, but yeah, it's one of the more fascinating matchups for a defense that's been excellent all year long, but you're trying to maximize your best personnel groupings um, when your season's on the line. And so 
this is a decision that Spagnola did not have to make in the first matchup, but he does have to make on Saturday night. I think it's fascinating. This game has so many interesting matchups. We talked about a lot of them on Only Weird Games. Man, we're also going to have a ton to talk about on Monday. Goodness gracious, I hope it's good news. And thanks, guys. Yeah, that was five things to watch for this Chiefs-Dolphins matchup here. Running them down again, we got Isaiah Pacheco in the Chiefs run game. Obviously going to be a key component in the cold here. We've got the Chiefs secondary. Again, a key component trying to stop Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, this explosive Miami Dolphins offense. We've got the trenches, which they're going to be a run game. They've got to play really well on both sides of the ball. It is going to be such a big, important part for both of these offenses here. We've got Devon Achain going up against, speaking of that run game, going up against the Chiefs linebackers. B.J. Kissel ran us down with that. And the only weird games closed us out with a little more linebacker talk. That is really a good encapsulation of what this game is. It is, you know, it, it, we've been doing this all year long, doing these five things, none more important than this one. Chiefs in the playoffs. The, the the whole deck is reshuffled. We are dealing new cards out here again. The regular season doesn't matter anymore. What the Chiefs defense did and how great they were doesn't matter if the Miami Dolphins come out and they're able to play explosive like they have at times this year. And conversely, Chiefs offense hasn't looked good at times. It's not going to matter if they can go out there and beat up on an injured Dolphins team in the cold here. If they can go out and score a whole bunch of points Everybody's going to forget about the regular season performance. We got a lot on our plate Saturday. We've got a lot J tailgate because this is an Arrowhead home game. So if you are out there, make sure that you stop by lot J. It's going to be cold. Those guys will keep you warm. They got food. They got drinks. It's a good time. So make sure that you are out there. And while you are out there, make sure you are listening to the 810 post-game show or pre-game show. They are the, going to be the guys that are going to get you ready for the game as you're standing in the parking lot there. They are the home of the NFL. That's going to be your pregame show. You absolutely need to drill down and be there for that. Regardless of where you are, make sure that at the final whistle, you are tuned into this YouTube page right here, the KCSN YouTube page. We will have the KCSN post-game show. Some of our crew is going to be live there from the Holiday Distillery. Some of us will just be hopefully celebrating at home, but either way, you need to be tuned in. We are going to be breaking down the game. We're going to be breaking down, hopefully, the next matchup, and we are going to be getting you ready, even at an early stage, for what is to come after a Chiefs, hopefully, Saturday night victory. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching this week's Five Things. My name is Craig Stout. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later.